When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thank you for joining us for yet another Tribe Supper Talking Managers. We said last week that we might well have a new boss in place by now to talk about, but... I'm sure we left ourselves some wriggle room oh, there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Being ever the professionals, I'm yeah. sure we will have done. Yeah, set to re- be announced. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if not, we'll go back and change that. Um, the Anthony Vickers is off this week. He's enjoying uh, doing some decorating at home, I think. Yeah, I think he's getting some jobs done. He enjoys his surfing, doesn't he? But I think, Apparently, the, I yeah. think uh, decorating was on the agenda this week. He hasn't missed all that much, in honesty, has he, Phil? No, it's, um, it's been a funny old week, hasn't it? We've seen a couple of more names thrown in. We had the old Liam Resenia situation. Um, Jorge Simao, I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation, another one uh, who, who, who's been... I mean, that was a very strong one, that wasn't it? I think the Telegraph it was that wrote that Burr had talked to him and that um, he was on the shortlist. Well, we know he's not on the shortlist. Um, the veracity of the other claim may or may not be true. Um I guess he, the conversation... he, take, he takes an excellent picture. He takes Simone. a very good picture, and he's had, a, he's, had a, he's had a hell of a lot of clubs. He's a, you know more clubs and hot dinners is the cliche, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's been. I, I don't understand the fans' frustration. They want they want it resolved. They want they want to hear that there's an exciting manager coming in. And it's going to take the club forward, and you know last season's going to be consigned to the the rubbish bin of history and. Um, but ultimately, the club have to do the right thing, and that's get the right who they think the right man for the job is. Now, in the club, we know that's pretty much Steve Gibson, isn't it? Um, so, he's making sure he gets the right man, and if that takes it into you know another week, which it's going to by the looks of it, then so be it. Better that than you know appoint somebody two days after confirming Pulis's departure and find out that it you know isn't the right thing. You know, you look at the Man United situation where they rushed into. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, I know, I know it's a completely different situation and, a, and, a, and a, a very different club, but nonetheless, there's a feeling now, isn't there, that they didn't need to make that decision where they did and now all of a sudden they've got somebody on a long-term contract who may may not be the right person to, 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 to get Man United out of what they consider to be a slump. I think the obvious comparisons as well at the minute are Brighton and West Brom. Yeah. Uh, West, Brom West Brom, I think we're in a similar position to Borough in that it, it, it was hard to start doing the prep we, with without the knowledge of what division they were going to be in, um, because although it was pretty clear, or it seemed pretty clear from the outside that Jimmy Shan wasn't going to get it on a permanent deal, if he'd have taken them up, yeah. then he'd have had every right to of go course. into their to go, to go into their board and say, well, look, I've I've done what you've asked of me, uh, and obviously Brighton, Gra- sorry Swansea, uh, Graham, Pro- Graham Potter has gone to Brighton. If I said Brighton earlier, uh, Graham Potter's left from Swansea to go to Brighton, and they're they're taking a similar approach, aren't they, in in really sounding out the. The, the various candidates. I think one thing, we discussed this on video, so it's Friday afternoon when we're recording this, it's going to go up on Saturday night. We're told that nothing will change before then. <laughs> yeah. um, this doesn't go up, yeah. which you haven't heard, obviously, because it won't have gone up. <laughs> a few suggestions. Jonathan Woodgate's favourite, he's firmly in the frame, a leading contender, however you want to badge it. There has been a few suggestions that it, it, it was always him. But th- there has been a shortlist. It was a longer list, and it's now a short list. But I have spoken to so 
been absolutely inundated with interest and offers, which, which we knew was going to happen. Um, they've spoken to several candidates, some more formal conversations than others. Um, and they've kind of taken a rigorous approach to, to, to ruling people out and, and, and trimming down the, the list to the, to the final few contenders. So it, it's never been as simple as it's Woodgate. Well, I think also the other complication is, first of all, you're absolutely right, it isn't just as simple as saying it's Jonathan Woodgate and it always has been, because that isn't the case. They're not just appointing a manager, rather. They're appointing a huge team, really. You know, you've got a goalkeeping coach, the first-team coach, presumably conditioning people, might bring in a new analyst, you don't know. Under 23's manager. Um, So it's not just a simple case of going out and getting a manager and that manager bringing in his team. It it doesn't seem to be the case anyway. If they wanted to go down that route, they may be more tempted to... To, to, to find the money to bring in a Yukanovic who comes ready-made, really, doesn't he? He's got a big backroom team. Um, and we, we think that's very much an outside option at the moment. We think they're not going to go that way, although you know we know that the, some sort of conversation took place between the two parties. Um, so that means that Borough, you know, looking to recruit you know, replacements for Curtis Fleming and for Jonathan Gould and for, for you know... Um, for Tony Pulis, of course, and one or two others. So it's it's a big task, and Borough don't tend to go for managers who are currently in employment. We know that it's not Steve Gibson's way. Um, so three weeks probably isn't that long, you know, in the real scheme of things. You know, when you when you know you know, but Tony Pulis may well have been the manager right now if Borough had won promotion. May have even been the manager if they got to the playoff final and and missed out narrowly. We don't know. So. Um, we used, you know, a few people said, well, Borough have had six months to sort this. Well, clearly they haven't because you just don't know who's going to be available. You can have an idea who you want and the type of manager you want. But you do get the impression that it is a different direction. You get that impression, that feeling that it's not going to be the same kind of appointment as we've seen before. Um, thanks to those who've... We asked for suggestions for questions and issues and, and topics to cover on Twitter and thanks to those who, uh, who, who slung some, some ideas our way. We'll get to them shortly. Just quickly on the under-23s job, which is obviously another vacancy available at the minute after Paul Stevenson left. It, that's obviously always an, an absolutely crucial role in yeah. any club. But... I, I think there might be an element this year on the back of what Steve Gibson said about you know his vision for the young players really playing a part in the club moving forward, that, that the new manager brings the under-23 coach in and that it's almost his appointment because they're obviously going to work closely. And, and more and more you read, don't you, about how under-23 coach teams are being drilled to play in the exact same formation style approach as the first team. Yeah. So then the step up to the first team when it comes is a seamless one. Um, so, so if, for example, it's Woodgate and Woodgate has, a, has an idea of how he wants his, his team to play, well, he wants his under-23s for, for that step to be as comfortable as possible and for the 23s to be almost you know, mirroring that style. So therefore, does he want a manager for the under-23s in his image to come in? So, so you would think that that is one of the more crucial appointments this summer. Yeah, I'd be intrigued, intrigued to see how they go because... I mean, a lot of clubs are now going towards the model where almost the, the head coach stroke manager is interchangeable because you've already got the backroom team in place and that doesn't, that doesn't change regardless of whether Borough or whatever team's promoted. You know, you have a structure like Brentford have, for example, and, you know, um, and Bransley to an extent as well. And you hope that you know, if your manager gets poached or moves on or whatever, you know, it's not going to cause a huge amount of disruption. And what we don't want to see is Middlesbrough changing 
all of their backroom staff again in 12 months' time, do we? So, yeah. It feels like there needs to be some continuity. Yeah, and it's a bit like England, isn't it? They went down the model of the, every group of the, all, of, all of the England teams through from, from the, whatever, the under-19s, 18s, 17s, through to the seniors, all play a similar style of football and, and come through. Um, you know, so it's, a, you know, the under-21s can step up to the seniors without with the minimum of fuss. So, you, you hope that the Borough, well, I hope personally that Borough are going to go down, down that route, that they're going to come in, you know, and it, it's going to be very much a team, you know, we saw with Tony Pulis, for example, that it was very much Tony Pulis, was was the figurehead, wasn't he? And then it was the you know the t- the the coaching staff behind him were very quiet. You didn't really hear much from them. They didn't. Ha- that I'm sure they did have an influential role, but it wasn't apparent if they did. Um, I think maybe we'll see a bit more of a as you say. Um, it might be a little bit more of a, I don't know, but more of a team, a coaching team with 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 somebody as the, as the, as the figurehead, um, and that you know there's going to be a lot of input. And I like I say that. The elements within that team can come and go, and it won't completely disrupt, you know, the the setup. But we wait and see, you know, um, because at the end of the day, also Borough have to be successful. You know, I can't imagine, you know, that Borough don't the aim next season won't be to win promotion, and if it's you know that you know at very least to push for the top six again. So. Whoever comes in has got a job on his hands. Right, let's get into these uh, topics, issues that were, were suggested on Twitter. We'll start with the first one, and that was from Tom Muldowney, uh, who asked whether there's any possibility that the club might move towards a director of football model. Well, there's, there's been no suggestion, Phil, that that's going to be the case. No, I think that goes back to what I've just been saying about you know a structure and you know how 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 a player's recruited, who has the final say. Is it going to be a team, or is it very much the manager has the you know very much the 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 the, the, the I don't know the the guy who you know calls all the shots. Um, obviously, there are people within the club. Uh, we've seen you know restructuring to an extent. Um, you know, Adrian Bevington came in. Um, you know, so there's there is a thought, train of thought that things have been changing for quite a while behind the scenes at Borough. Uh, this isn't just a new thing, but the wall. I wouldn't think there'll be a what you'd class as your formal director of football it doesn't sound like they're going down that road but let's see what the you know what see what emerges do you think it's difficult for someone like um bevington to come in and and almost put his stamp on on his role and what he wants to do when managers are changing i think it's probably difficult for everyone behind the scenes when the manager changes because it's such a crucial appointment isn't it the manager you know it you know, managers come and go, but they've got to work with the staff that are there. You know, the scouting staff, the academy staff. You know, even just the, I say even just they're probably just as important as everybody else. The the the, the staff at the training ground. You know, the the, the people who work there, um, the administration staff, the the press people. I think it's I think the the change of a manager can be can be disruptive and that's why I think it's important maybe to remove away from this boom and bust model of, you know, we've had what, five managers in Best part of what three years or something? I can't remember what it is now. Since I, you know, including Aitor Karanka, we've had Aitor Karanka with Steve Agnew, we had Gary Monk, we had Tony Pulis, and the next manager will make five in in just over two years. So that is disruptive, and I think that's surely what the club want to get away from that because we looked at the number of backroom staff that had changed, you know, in the last few years. It's a lot, isn't it? Remarkably, when you put it down, you know, yeah, it's a heck of a lot. It's well over twenty coaches as well as the managers that that have gone as well. So. Um, we haven't really been privy to exactly what, who does what behind the scenes, um, other than the fact that you know Tony Pulis spoke a lot about 
um, making changes in the way the academy, you know, he 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 said he said he you know where where the academy players were sent out on loan and how they were developing things like that and getting them you know he didn't see the benefit of a twenty year old player still playing development football when he could be out on loan like for example Stephen Walker has been, um so, I I I think I think someone like Adrian's clearly got a more influential role than we maybe you know that is seen on the surface um you know and he you know he's he's very experienced you know work with some senior very important managers hasn't he as well you know in the, particularly in England so um, I think again that's what we're going to see we'll probably see how that plays out in the next two or three weeks it ties in there looking at kind of the bigger picture which is uh, to what Danny Beer, Danny Beermore asks on Twitter where he says what is the bigger picture going forward the ambition of the club which we know ultimately is to win promotion Borough still harbour ambitions of, of, of winning promotion next year they're not content with making up the numbers um, despite the the reality of the situation to find themselves in which I think fans understand that they're not going to throw money about like they did two seasons ago under Gary Monk um, and, and ultimately you look and think well that didn't work anyway there was you know it was a, a bold investment but we did get to the start of the season didn't we and look and think well what now when you have three or four of exactly the same player um, Danny asked whether every player is up for sale at the right price I think that's obviously the case at, at every championship club but Borough certainly want to keep hold of the, the, the key players this season. If you look at them, you know, the players who were being discussed and the players who were, who were obviously bound to attract a bit of interest, British Ambalonga because of his goal-scoring record, yeah. Dale Fry because he's an England under-21 in national class act, Dan Randolph because, as Pulis said, he's the best, best goalkeeper in the championship. Um, obviously, there, there are figures that if they land on the table, you'd, you'd be... You couldn't say no to them. But Borough will do everything in the power to keep hold of those players. Won't they? Now, that's not to say that others aren't up for sale Martin Braithwaite yeah that's the obvious all, one isn't it all yeah. back Phil if you <laughs> last pod our Martin I saw you revving there um, Martin Braithwaite's the obvious one but there are others aren't there um, yeah. but I think if you look at the obvious Marcus Tavernier is another one who's been linked I think those links are premature to be honest I yeah, mean, you know, he hasn't done it at Bury yet has he on a no. consistent basis his next step for me is looking at someone like Dale Fry and Mark, and, or, or Lewis Wing Ben Gibson before that and thinking first things first I need to I need to nail, my, nail down a place in this team before I think about a Premier League move but again he's another one who's bound to attract interest um, but Borough will do everything in, in the power to keep hold yeah I mean the one thing that we haven't really touched on yet is financial fair play and that is a big factor you know Borough do have a big wage bill they've spent money in the past um, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I knew the exact ins and outs of financial fair play it's quite complex and it's obviously a bit of a hot potato at the moment um, I think you're absolutely right. Um, they will they will try desperately to keep the best players because whether you like it or not, they're the players who are going to get burr out of this division. Um, they'll be hoping that somebody comes along and snaps the hand off with someone like Martin Braithwaite. Um, and it may be a case that reluctantly they accept an offer for one of their assets, and then that might free up some riddle room. Um, you know. There already has been a fair turnover, hasn't there? You know, we've seen the release list come out. Um, we've seen the loan players leave. You know, all of those were attracting salaries, um, to to one you know to to a greater or lesser extent, and they have to be replaced as well, of course. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because you know we've had this conversation before. You know, I know I, you know fans and ourselves get to the end of a season think right well he's not part of the plans moving forward he's not part of the plans and he's not part of the plans but those two are 
and then you understand that really it's going to be quite difficult to, to get any of those players you've just mentioned out for the reasons that Borough have paid big salaries in the past and bought players on significant transfer, with uh, significant transfer fees. So um, the, I would imagine there'll have to be a little bit of reluctant um, you know, juggling of resources. And, and I think the other thing that Danny touches on there is, is what will the club have to do to get bums back on seats? Well, the obvious answer is win games mm. and do so in an entertaining fashion or certainly a more entertaining fashion than last year. But I think there's an element, and, and, and this is something that is being discussed at the club, um, to, to kind of give fans something to buy into and yeah. relate to next season. So when the new manager comes in, whether it's Woodgate or whoever else, I, I think not, not just um, give fans something to buy into in terms of what this fella is as a manager, but also as a bloke. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I probably haven't seen enough of that with the likes of Tony Pulis's staff. Sam Ellis would have been did have told a great story, yeah. wouldn't he? You yeah. would have thought when you look back at his career. But I think that, you know, that kind of getting everyone together, we're yeah. all in it together, you know, there's 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 a reality and a, and a transparency about the situation that Borough find themselves in, that the vision moving forward. And and if you do that, and then if you get off to a good start and start to win a few games, yeah, I think you you look back to start of Mowbray's era mm. that first half a season of his first full season uh, when Borough were flying high before, before they fell away there was such a buzz about yeah. Borough in that year away, away ends were selling out the example we always used looking back to last season was Bolton away and I know it was a minging Tuesday night uh, and, and it was at a stage of the season where um, y- you know it, it's been a long season and there's been a lot of investment yeah Absolutely no criticisms of fans whatsoever, but in years gone by, that would have sold out. Yeah. That would have been a two, yeah. two-tier job packed yeah. out, wasn't it? And the excitement wasn't there last year. I think the new manager, if, if, if he can get the fans back on side and almost get that hunger back, then he's 1-0 up from the start, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely, because we, we saw to a degree with Aitor Karanka wasn't... It might, it might have been a household name in Spain, you know, as, as, as a Real Madrid defender... Um, it wasn't particularly a household name over here, um, but the the way he came in and the vision that was sold by the club and the, the you know Leo Perkovic was a, you know an interesting fella and and that that engaged fans and I remember going down to speak to Aitor you know in the days when you could go down and speak to Aitor quite early on in his reign I had a really nice chat with him it was just me and him we talked about his career really and he you know told some lovely stories you he, he mentioned. The fact that he kept his brown ale bottle from when from when you know um, Atletico Bilbao played, uh, sorry Athletic Bilbao isn't it played uh, Newcastle in the UEFA Cup back in the day and marking Andy Cole and 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 that was great and we spoke to, I remember speaking to Leo at the end of that season and got a lovely piece talking about you know Uruguay because England were playing Uruguay in the World Cup that year too and then two thousand four and all of a sudden for some reason the shutters came up the shutters came up and the, suddenly it was very frosty and you know. Aitor did what he had to do, and he was quite often in, in, interesting. I, which, which, I mean, Aitor meticulously managed every yes, element, yes, didn't he? Yeah, and he I think to have his I, say on. Yeah, and, and, and I think it was a bit strange because the relationship was good. We were buying into what he was doing. There was that obviously that run of games where Borough couldn't score record, you know, record number of games without a goal, and we we were supportive through that. And the fans were understanding. The fans stuck with the team. They understand understood something was happening. And they bought into the vision, and I think that's so crucial that 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 happens again. And it, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, you you mentioned about you know last season, you know, Curtis Fleming was at the club, but when did we ever hear from him? 
you know, a borough player, some would say a borough legend, a lovely fella, got some great stories to tell. I'm sure he was loving being back at borough. That was an opportunity to engage people. Never heard anything from Jonathan Gould. I'm sure he had some great stories to tell. Um, you mentioned Sam Ellis. Uh, these, you know, a similar time when Gary Monk was here, I know it was a bit difficult for us because at the time, obviously, there were issues, you know, in terms of the, the relationship with the club. But nonetheless, James Beattie, you know, people like that are interesting stories to tell. So I think that we've spoken in this forum before about hearts and minds, and I think it's crucial. There has to be more openness. We're not going to stitch people up. We never have, really. You know, it's not our game with the local press. I think they need us and we need them. It's always been the case, you know. We're, you know, and it's a two-way street. And um, hopefully, whoever the identity of the new coaching team is, you know that the that the the, the, the do engage not just the press but the supporters. And it was very much Tony's team last year, wasn't it? And he did all the talking last season. He did all the talking. Um, so really, he was the spokesman for the club. And I think I think when the spokesman for the club isn't particularly popular with the fans, you've got a problem. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, stirring by saying that. It's a fact, isn't it? He wasn't, he wasn't a popular manager, particularly towards the end. So if he's the the, the focal point of your club, um, you know that 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 became an issue, and uh, the the football side of things kind of should take care of itself. You know, if Borough just play with a little bit more ambition and is seen to be starting games on the front foot, and I don't think we we can expect to see, you know, you know. Tiki tacky Barcelona football suddenly. Uh, I don't think anyone wants no, that. No, one, no, no, no. I think no, I, think, I think you know fans are intelligent. You know they they know that you know football teams can't go out and just play a swashbuckling a swashbuckling game every time they cross the line. It's but, not so much entertainment that, that that was craved last year. More ambition. Yeah. Ambition wasn't it to go out and win a game, particularly at home. Millwall at home being the classic example. Yeah, and I think. Um, Although there's a lot of talk, and I understand it about about needing something fresh and needing someone fresh. If if it's Jonathan Woodgate, um, both being a Teesider and being part of the Tony Pulis team, he'll completely understand what what the you know the mood music and what mm. fans want and what the door want to see. And I think uh, you know early on, early on in, in in pre-season, certainly early on in the season. Again, if it was him, you'd get. You know, if 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 the start really on the front yeah. foot and get at teams, they can almost build that momentum. Um, Paddy asks on on the subject of Woodgate whether it'd be a concern if he did get the job that he was too close to many in the playing squad. Um, obviously, this is often talked about when when players step up from player or coach to manager. The Gareth Southgate examples used. Uh, Guy Bailey responded and said, you know, with, with it, uh, on the opposite, the kids know, like and respect him. Know he'll give them a chance if they perform and the older heads know that they can't um, give him any grief because he, he knows them too. Which side of the fence do you sit on on that? I, I, th- I, think, um, I think they both make really good points and I think, um, I think in terms of the, the dressing room, there's not many players left in the dressing room who played with Jonathan. You know, George Friend springs to mind. Um, Clates would have been around at the same time, wouldn't he? Um, one or two others. But not really. The majority of the squad only know him as a coach. I think what's probably gone under the radar a lot is the amount of times that Woody's taken on a sort of mentoring role with younger players. We've heard that quite a lot. Um, that you know he has advised young players not to make the mistakes he did and to Dale's you know, talked up yeah about you know he's you know he's, he's he's very much taken that role upon himself even when he was a player at the club you know a few, we we we've both spoken to players who've said you know 
young players who just amazed to share a dressing room with Jonathan Woodgate. You know, he carries that gravitas of having played in the Champions League. Um, you know, having having played at the top level of the Premier League, having played in Spain. You know, it, ha- being one of the best defenders of his generation, you can't take that away from him. And you know, yes, there's some negative things that we're all aware of that are now almost twenty years away. So. You know, people do change, people grow up, people mature, and I think that hasn't come across probably enough that he's taken on that role behind the scenes. Um, so I think if if it turns out to be Jonathan Woodgate, I wouldn't say that necessarily being a problem. Is it? Is is you know he, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. Um, he's very honest. Yeah, he's very honest. He's very outspoken. His his interviews are always good value because he's bluntly honest quite often and I think T-Siders will res- like and respect that and those, those, you know, those who may have the doubts now um, you know, whether he's the 23 boss next season whether he's a first team coach we know he's going to be at the club whether he's a head coach whatever he is there's clearly a future for Jonathan Woodgate at Middlesbrough and I think I think fans should you know, embrace the idea that whatever happens next season, there's somebody within the camp, and not a jobs from the boys scenario, just somebody there who understands the area and understands, understands Teesside. There was a feeling, wasn't it, towards the end of Itor's time at the club that he didn't really get, you know, he didn't really get Teesside, you know, the Teesside mentality. And, um, you know, it was, I think I, the thing there with Itor was at the back end of it, I know this is a different subject, he needed an assistant manager who would, was going to challenge him, challenge him and yeah. he was going to listen to. And I think he did that thing that a lot of managers do when they're under pressure. Yeah. In the, to get their head down and they yeah. just go further and Tunnel further vision. and further yeah. down the, yeah. Yeah, down the, down the yeah. dark path. I, th- I, think, I think without sidetracking into, to, into it, you're absolutely right. He, he was the boss and everybody just really... Were, I wouldn't say yes, men. And, but, and on that, if, it, if again it is Woodgate... And if it isn't, then a lot of this, a lot of this. But it's still going to be in the club, isn't it? Yeah, but if it is him as manager, you would think an assistant would be a someone who'd come in with, with vast experience. Yeah, I think that's important. I think we saw we saw when Gareth Southgate was appointed that he didn't have, for my money, a, a, the right guy next to him early enough. Um, you know, the, one of the first decisions that was made when Steve Round left, not long after I, as I thought, well, Gareth was appointed, was that Colin Cooper was made his number two, more or less. And there's two two rookie coaches at the top of the club. And when it, when it smacked, you know, it seemed pretty obvious to most people that what Gareth needed was that wily old head who could, you know, be the eyes and ears in the dressing room and be, be a bit of an enforcer, if you will. Um, whether Woody would need that kind of person if he got the job, you know, I would think it probably would help him to have somebody who was, you know, been there and done it a little bit. Finally, before we wrap up, um, it's it's been touched upon. We were talking about it in the office this week is how quickly the summer is progressing before yeah. we, before we know it, the players will be back at the end of this season. Uh, sorry, at the end of this month, the under twenty threes pre season schedule was confirmed on Friday. They they start with a game against Dunstan, three away games, and then two home games at Rockcliffe, finishing against Hull City at the start of August. Borough's pre-season schedule will be confirmed after the appointment of a new manager, so again, we would imagine that will we'll start dripping out at the back end of next week. You would think that things are going to start happening very quickly when, when, when the new manager's appointed in terms of pre-season friendlies, um, pre-season tour, trip away, transfers. You know, There's a lot to happen quite quickly, isn't there? There is a lot to happen, and I think it's going to be quite a breathless summer from this point onwards. I mean, 
what, what was it about the 9th of June when Gary Monk was confirmed so we're only a week or so behind that's that sort of schedule but already a lot of stuff had started hadn't it we'd seen sign, signings already coming in by the time Gary Monk got his feet under the table yeah I mean we're only a couple of weeks away from the players returning and then as you say um, they'll be going they'll be going presumably off wherever they go the start of July they'll have pre-season matches at places like no doubt Rochdale or Accrington or wherever and 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 Should that look forward uh, yeah and that isn't you know that is literally a matter of you know four weeks four four five weeks away which in the great scheme of things if you know if the new manager doesn't really kind of get his feet under the table to the back end of next next week what is what we're on now the tenth so well the tenth Saturday the, uh, what Monday's the tenth isn't it so you know we talk not we're already getting towards the middle of the month um so yeah I think but I mean, hopefully it should be exciting for the fans you know I realise that the last three weeks have been a bit frustrating because you you know you want to see your new manager don't you um and you want to get you know you want to see signings coming in and, and things like that but I, hopefully i think the next you know the next three or four weeks could be quite exciting before the real you know got the fixtures coming soon so that'll be good you know uh, uh, interesting to find out who we play and when and then after that it's uh it's not be long before you're actually watching live matches again so that's that's come around really fast if as expected then the new manager is appointed next week we'll do a tripe on the back of that looking at whoever it is and what comes next thank you for those who've who've uh, who've suggested topics and issues for us to discuss this week if there's anything that you want us to discuss and tribes coming up then please let us know on twitter or, or email us uh, you can email me i'm at dominic.shaw at reachplc.com thanks phil thanks for listening